Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Into the unknown. I don't know which way to go with that. Is it like the final frontier, infinity and beyond, or is it more like that epic ballad from Frozen 2? Has, have you guys seen Frozen 2? Let us know in the comments down below if you've seen Frozen 2. Inquiring minds want to know how many Effie churchgoers have seen Frozen 2. It is, I, I prefer it a, a great deal to the first Frozen, which to me was just uh, one amazing song surrounded by a mediocre film. Just saying, unpopular opinions, Candace. Unpopular opinions. But but I love the second movie, um, and I really like that song, Into the Unknown, and I love this series. Last week, Candace kicked us off um, by explaining that the bravery runs in our family, that faith breeds bravery. And listen, if, if we're disciples, that's what disciples do. You know, whatever we're called to do, that's what disciples do best. We, we need that Tigger mentality, and I believe that we are being that as a church right now in the middle of this COVID crisis. We are being the church. I am intensely proud of Freedom Valley Church. You, you have not been belligerent or angry. You have not been uh, resistant to the change that has been called upon us by our, our ruling, ruling powers, the authorities. You have been embracing this, protecting one another in love and reaching out to one another, maintaining community. And, and one of the things I want to talk about, actually the main thing, the only thing, the, the, the key today is I want to talk about how we as Christians need to embrace the change that crisis causes. Crisis causes change. There is there's no clearer truth that we're seeing right now than the fact that crisis causes change. No matter whether we want it to or not, change is scary even when it happens. And I, I've noticed a change to our culture already. You know, we used to just say, see you later, right? See you later, see you soon, bye. Now everyone's saying, stay safe, stay safe. It is, everyone is constantly saying that. You can't end a conversation without somebody saying, Stay safe. And I remember people used to say that to me a lot, um, less because there was a disease traveling the entire known world and more because I have a tendency to live life a little unnecessarily dangerously. Climbing roofs in the middle of winter, uh, climbing trees, just, just doing unnecessarily risky things is kind of my MO. I, I embrace danger. I have decided a long time ago that this life was not meant to be lived only with safety in mind. You see, we do, as people, need to stay safe, but we need to expect danger. Stay safe, but expect danger, because we live in a backwards kingdom, an upside-down kingdom. God promises to protect us, to watch out for us, to, to, to look over us, but he also promises us that danger is around every corner, that there are wolves who will attack us, that, that there are hardships coming our way. We need to know that danger is coming. We encourage each other to stay safe. We pray traveling mercies over every trip of kids we send to camps and retreats, but at the same time, 
Paul, on his many missionary journeys, was shipwrecked. And God used that to spread the word to people. So, so sometimes I've wondered, should we pray, God, give us a flat tire so that in the Walmart parking lot, we might evangelize the individuals as we travel to this retreat. It's not a prayer we pray that often. Instead, we pray, keep us safe. We want to be safe, and we want our children to be safe especially. But are we willing to let a crisis, a dangerous time, an unplanned situation cause us to change in the right way? Today, I want to look to a story where uh, change was brought about to the church through a crisis, and that change was capitalized on by Christ. So we're going to to give you a little context, we're, we're going to be looking um, at, at the book of Acts today. We're going to be mainly in Acts 6, 7, and 8, uh, but I'm going to start in Acts 1, but I want to give you some context. Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again. That's what everything is about. Right now, we're going to have Easter next week, and, and we're going to celebrate Christ's death and his resurrection together as a church. Well, after his resurrection, he walked here on this earth for 40 days. He, he connected with a lot of people. He preached a lot of important messages, and he told the church what they needed to do to grow. He told the disciples, here's what you need to do. Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes, and then when the Holy Spirit comes, he gave them some very specific instructions. Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is actually the key verse for our missions department here at Freedom Valley Church. We believe that Jesus has called us first to Jerusalem, our central area, Gettysburg, New Oxford, just the surrounding areas of this building, ironically enough, that we're not able to be in right now. So it starts here, and then it moves to Judea. See, Judea would be maybe Pennsylvania or the United States. It's our country. Then to Samaria, that would be our neighbors surrounding, outside of our cultural community, those who don't fit in the, the, the First world American mindset, the Samaria, those who we don't agree with, those who are outside of our circle of influence, the Samaritans, and then to the ends of the earth. Jesus told them very specifically that once you receive the Holy Spirit, carry my message to the whole world. And here's what's actually happening in Acts 2 uh, through Acts 6. The church starts to grow. It grows immensely. It grows powerfully. It grows miraculously. It, it doesn't double or triple in size. It like, what's the word for 3,000 times growth? Exponential growth. That's it. it. The curve was not flattened at all. Exponential growth. It was an epidemic of growth in the early Christian church. However, it was localized to Jerusalem. The growth was only seen in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, they were painfully staying in Jerusalem. They were selling their houses and living in a commune in Jerusalem. This was a problem. Jesus told them to go into all the world. To go into all the world, but they didn't travel outside of their circle of influence. And because they didn't travel outside their circle of influence, I believe a crisis caused to change it. And to see this, I want to study the story of Stephen. If you're not aware, spoiler alert for our sermon here this morning, Stephen was the very first Christian martyr. 
Stephen was the first person to die for his faith in his Lord Jesus Christ. And we're gonna read his story today, starting in where Stephen came from. Acts 6, verse one through four. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, rapidly multiplied, exponential growth, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being that sorry that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Uh, it, every pastor knows that when people are involved in something, there there is the potential for for grumbling, complaining. There's difficulties, and the church, as it exponentially grow, grew, it developed different needs. As a church grows, it develops different needs, and and the early church was no different. It developed needs for proper distribution of food. To answer this problem, verse two. So the disciples called a meeting of all the believers, the first church meeting, and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Food programs are great. Food banks are great. These ministries are great, but that was not the focus of the apostles. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit of wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. Then the, we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching a word. There was a problem. There was a problem. Candace points out that as believers, when we, are, when we see a problem, we should become the solution. As a matter of fact, we are all solutions looking for problems. And the disciples identified a problem, and then they sought the solution. The solution was to find seven men who would serve and solve this problem. So in verse 5, it says, everyone liked this idea. And they chose the following. Stephen, who's described, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, I'm really bad with these names. Timon, Timon, and Parmethians. Man, it would be cool if it was Pumbaa, but it's not. And Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So they found seven men designated to serve, designated to serve. And Stephen was actually one of the men called to serve. The very first thing we see about Stephen is that he served. Stephen served. They weren't in a crisis yet. This was before the crisis. Stephen served. As a church, we have always called people to serve. If you have met Jesus, if Jesus has saved you, if Jesus has changed your life, it is your responsibility to serve. And I am gonna ask you, how do you serve? Are, are you a part of FV Church already and you serve as a greeter? Are you a part of Freedom Valley Church and you serve in the kids' ministry? Are you not a part of Freedom Valley Church? Maybe you attend another church, but you're joining us for the first time here online, able to check out more serve. How do you serve God and the church? Stephen served the church by giving out food. It's almost like Stephen, he's, he's a caterer for the church. He's a caterer for Christ. Man, I want to be a caterer for Christ. I want to serve. But not only did he serve, he was one of the first ever deacons. Deacon's a, a churchy term that basically means servant, but it was, it was a title. It was a role. It was, like, it was like the honor of getting to be a slave. That's what a deacon was. A deacon was an individual designated as the church with, with a, 
a certain following of Jesus. He, they, they'd followed Jesus for a while. Actually, 1 Timothy 3 lists the requirements for deacons. As a matter of fact, if you stack chairs in the church, maybe there's some requirements of you. It describes Stephen as a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. I didn't realize that being full of faith in the Holy Spirit was a requirement for serving food to widows. But the Bible says it is because it's the basics. It's what every believer should already be doing, being filled with faith and the Holy Spirit. You can't say, I don't need that because I just stack chairs. You need that because you stack chairs. You need that because you're a follower. It's not, I get to serve so I don't have to. It's because I serve, I must. I must be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I must pursue my Savior completely. We need people willing to serve. And maybe you're thinking, I'm not able to serve right now because I'm quarantined. Crisis always causes change. And when we have a crisis, the needs of the church change. As, as the early Christian church was growing, its needs changed. It went from all we need are more preachers to all we need are some caterers. Freedom Valley's needs have changed. The entire church in the globe has had its needs change drastically in this season. And maybe you're thinking, how can I serve right now? My job was to shake hands and greet people. You know what we need? You know what the church needs? We need some more top fans. I don't know if you know this, but when you, when you comment on posts in FV Church's Facebook page, uh, sometimes it will give us the information that someone is a top fan. It means that they interact with the Facebook page a lot. They share things, they comment, they interact, they, they're, they're involved. We need people being involved online. We need people who are watching this message right now and they're typing amen in the comments bar. Then they're, they're saying hello to people when they log in. So it's not just the, the person on stage saying hello. Hello to you, by the way. I'm so glad you're joining us online here this morning. We need people who are willing to, to stay online after the service and maybe post some comments. Maybe come back and watch it later. People who are gonna share it, have a watch party. We need people who are willing to host a Zoom call. We need people who are willing to reach out, make phone calls to people in need. We need people who are gonna send text messages to those they're already connected with. We need people who will connect people. That's what Stephen's serving did. It connected the widows in need. So the disciples didn't have to focus on only running a food program. They could still focus on the preaching of the word. We need people who will serve because crisis causes us to change. And as we're in this crisis, the way we serve is going to have to change too. Are you willing to change the way you serve your Savior? Interacting online. The next thing we, we see is that Stephen actually spoke. I know a lot of servants. Myself, I, I consider my spiritual gift serving. A lot of people who serve don't always like to speak. We, we like to be in the background. We like to, to, to hide behind our service. But Stephen, he went daily to the synagogues and he actually preached the word of God. He actually talked to individuals about who Jesus was. It says that he would even perform miracles in the Lord's name. Just because we serve doesn't mean we don't have to practice spiritual disciplines. He practices spiritual disciplines, and he's actually known as a hero of faith. And because of that, he began to be persecuted. When you live your faith out loud, you will face persecution. The Bible actually guarantees that for us. The church isn't in a season where we're facing uh, the worst persecution ever. We're in a season where we're experiencing some distance socially, 
where we're not able to meet in person. But let me tell you, if it's difficult for you to be a believer right now because of this, this distance online, what happens if one day it becomes illegal to meet as a believer in a church? What happens if our, our, our constitutional rights, which, which thank God we are given, are removed from us and we are no longer able to assemble in person? Would you still follow Jesus? Our faith right now is being tested. We're still able to meet in this format. Churches have always had challenges and crises reveal those challenges. Well, a challenge is presented to Stephen. He's preaching the word publicly and performing miracles and men come against him. The word even says that men begin to lie about him and he's brought before the religious leaders who have the power to kill him and they bring him to trial. And Stephen begins a sermon, a sermon that goes on for over 50 verses where he, he, he goes down the entire history of the people of Israel and he, he preaches about Abraham and, and Isaac and he preaches about Moses and he talks all about their faith, almost like the, the, the Bible passage, the, the Bible reading plan we've been doing together, the Heroes of Faith plan. And if, if you're not doing the Heroes of Faith plan, you definitely need to, to log on and, and, and be reading this with us. This Heroes of Faith plan has been very challenging and it's a great way to grow your knowledge of the word. And Stephen, he preaches about all the heroes of faith and he gives this long sermon that you can read in Acts chapter seven. But I wanna jump to the very end of it because at the end of it, he talks about David. And when he talks about David, he explains something about the temple of God and it really upset the religious leaders. So let's go to chapter seven, verse 46. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob, but Solomon, who actually built it. However, the most high God does not live in temples made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both the heavens and the earth? You see, he points out that the church is not just a building, it is its people. Right now, we are proving to the world that the church is not just a building, it is its people. We are not just a building. Every church is not this building. It is its people. And its people will not stop gathering. We will still assemble no matter how we have to do it. We will find ways. If the internet is destroyed tomorrow, we'll get on the phone call and we'll have a, a, a voice chat. We will be having a, a, the largest conference call ever assembled. We will find a way to meet. If we have to send letters to each other, we will continue to meet. We will not stop assembling because the church is not a building, it is its people. And you see, Stephen, as he spoke, he pointed that out because the crisis was creating a challenge. This crisis is creating a challenge for us. Will we stop meeting? If it was difficult for you to get to service before, it's gotta be harder now. It might seem like it's easier to just wake up, put on your PJs, log online. But I know for me, I know for my students, I talk to my youth students throughout the week. They're like, I don't know, the, the online service, it just doesn't click for me. I want to be with people. The church is not this place. We are it as people, and we are still meeting together. We are still meeting together. We are still assembling. We are still studying. We are still growing, and we will not stop 
Just because we have a challenge in front of us doesn't mean that we, ha- we even have the opportunity to stop. And Stephen's pointing out to the religious leaders that the very temple that they worshiped was not the God that was calling them. They were to be worshiping God. Instead, they were worshiping a building. And he says, God does not dwell in temples built by human hands. And he doesn't. When Jesus died on the cross, the holy of holies where the presence of God dwelled ripped open. And God then began to inhabit the entire earth. He can live inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on and he twists the knife a little bit and he says, and you killed our Lord God. And this this sets him off. It goes from a challenge to being Stephen is going to lose his life. As he preached, he would not pull back away from harsh truths. He would not shy away from the, the truth. And he began to prepare himself for a sacrifice. Acts 7, 57. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid him at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Stephen had a sacrifice. He sacrificed something. He sacrificed something. He was stoned to death. He faced persecution. I've been following some individuals online who are comparing this this crisis, this time of crisis to spiritual persecution because the church is not being able to be permitted to assemble the way it did a few weeks ago. If you think this is persecution, you need to travel the world. In Ethiopia, I met individuals who the lives of their families are threatened on a daily basis. I I met young people who started a church that had been burned down only to start another one. I met people who faced persecution every day of their life. And yes, I I had rocks thrown at me and and I've been pushed against buses and had papers ripped up and thrown in my face, but, but that's nothing compared to what Christians face on a daily basis surrounding this world. We have to be willing to sacrifice because crisis will cost us. This crisis is going to cost us something. Right now, it's costing us the comfort of assembling together. That is is the cost that is being paid. But will we pay it? And will we be glad to pay it because we want to protect people? The church needs to show God's love, and we're doing that right now. We have not neglected meeting together. If anything, I feel like I've met with people more. I've been reaching out to people more. I've, I've, been, I've been finding ways to be the church more. No, I haven't been able to hold a hand or, or hug someone I care for, but I've, I've been able to listen and learn and grow with. Christ has cost us something, and we have to be willing to sacrifice. There, there is a crisis of American Christianity right now. We feel, or at least some individuals feel, like we're losing what the church is, but the church is not a place, it is a people. If because we can't meet in our big buildings with air conditioning and beautiful music, we are no longer the church of Christ, then we were never the church of Christ. 
The church of Christ meets everywhere and is connected by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is in your living room right now as you are watching this. He's in your car as you're listening to it later on in the week. He is with you and he is with me and he is connecting all of us. There's a crisis that it will cost us some things. There's a sacrifice that we have to be willing to pay to serve Christ because Christ is still reaching people in this crisis. If there's anything I know about God, he will use everything the enemy tries to throw at us to grow his church. And the church is growing exponentially in this season. And it will continue to grow exponentially if we will continue to honor God in this season. We have to be willing to sacrifice because this crisis is gonna cost us something. But this crisis is also going to create something. You see, the early Christian church, they were stuck in Jerusalem. They were trapped in that place because they were so excited about the way things were going. Maybe modern Christianity in America has been trapped because we like the way things are going. We like our, our services the way they are. We like things the way they were. We always want to go back to our places of comfort. But when Stephen was martyred, something drastic happened. Acts 8, verse 1. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Remember, Jesus told them to start in Jerusalem and then go into Judea and Samaria. They stayed stuck, and when Stephen was slaughtered, they scattered. They stayed stuck, but when Stephen was slaughtered, they scattered. And now that this crisis has happened to Christianity, I have seen churches scatter to the last mission field left in the nation of America online. I have seen churches that, that had no online presence host amazing services. I have seen pastors who had no interest in looking at a webcam host Bible studies. This crisis has caused us to change because crisis creates, it creates, it creates. Stephen's sacrifice spread the gospel to places it had already meant to have been delivered. The disciples were stuck, but the crisis of Stephen's sacrifice caused a spread. Are we willing to spread? As a matter of fact, Stephen's sacrifice had ongoing ramifications. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Saul saw Stephen slaughtered, and he got excited and said, I'm gonna persecute the church. I'm gonna kill more Christians. And he traveled to Damascus, where he planned to kill more Christians, and he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, he fell at his feet, he became transformed, and he became the number one author throughout the rest of the New Testament. I believe that Saul's modern missionaries are being raised up by this crisis. People who will go into a mission field that the world has missed for far too long. People who will find ways and avenues online to reach an entire generation of believers whose lives have been lived online since they were little. 
People who will say, I will find a way to reach the masses because crisis creates opportunities. And Stephen spread the gospel with his sacrifice of his life. We are sacrificing our comfort and our ability to assemble right now, but God is going to use it. He will use it. And I want to be a part of it. Do you? Our lives online must be lived for Christ. Far too long, we have separated and segregated our lives between I go to church on Sunday, I go to work on Monday, and I live online at night, creating three separate areas of life. God wants them all to be one. If you're a Christian when you sit in these seats, you should be a Christian when you're sitting on your couch watching me right now. If you're a believer when we meet together, you should be a believer when we're separated. If you're a believer here, be a believer online. Share your faith publicly. We need to find new avenues to meet people, to reach people. The early Christian church was faced with the crisis of how do we feed the widows? How do we feed the widows? And the apostles looked to the church around them, and they said, can we get seven men who will step up and serve? We have a crisis in our community right now. We have too many needs to meet. Every week I scroll through my phone and I'm texting people and calling people. Candace is messaging me, people saying, can you reach out to them? And I'm, I'm reaching out to students and she's reaching out to more people than I can count. And you know what? We have, we have a need. And we have to meet it creatively because crisis is call for creativity. The church is not a building. It is its people. Therefore, we need to continue to be meeting in groups this virus is not an excuse to stop meeting as some people have made it. It is a challenge to meet more. This week alone, I met in a, in, a in a Zoom call with pastors from around the country to talk about the value of meeting through video. I, I met with 50 different youth pastors as we sat under the district uh, youth director and the national youth director, and we talked about the opportunity this crisis is creating. I met with my home group. What's up, uh, Hollenbach home group? I met with my home group online last Monday. I met with the youth ministry of Freedom Valley Youth on Wednesday after our Wednesday night live. I have been meeting with believers throughout the week through the internet. We can find creative ways to communicate the gospel if we're willing. Some people are like, I won't travel across the globe on an airplane to minister in another country. I don't know how you do that. There are some people who say, I won't log online to share the message of the gospel. Are you willing to move into our mission field? Are you willing to be a missionary today? This crisis calls for change. We can't go it alone. We have to get connected. As a matter of fact, as one way of getting connected, we created the, the Freedom Valley Hangout. If you go to fe.church forward slash hangout, we've created a lobby that you can use to interact with people all throughout the week, all the time, anytime you want, Monday through Sunday, um, like six to six, basically, eight, noon to six. From noon to six, we've created an open chat hangout. If you go to this link and you click on it, anyone can be there. It's like our church lobby. You never know who's going to show up to have a conversation. As a matter of fact, I'm logged into it right now. From my laptop with my notes, if you went to that link and you clicked on it, you would see my face looking right at you right now. And then I'd see your face looking at me right now. There is no reason we can't continue to meet, assemble, and communicate. This crisis calls for creativity, and we must use it to stay connected. 
Use the FV lobby. Host your own small group. Create an opportunity to communicate. This might be difficult for you, but there are ways. I met with an individual, or I was talking to somebody this week who's like, my internet isn't fast enough for me to live stream the services from my house. So we've created the Zoom call where you can call a phone number in and hear the audio and interact with individuals. And my understanding is it's happening right now. Hebrews 10 tells us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So many individuals are using this, this, this viral pandemic to say, end times is here. It's, it's been soon and will be soon. It is always coming and we always need to be ready. So therefore, let's use this as an opportunity to motivate us, to connect, to communicate, to preach the word of Jesus with love. Freedom Valley has always been a missional church. We are vibrant, we are passionate, and we are selfless. And we believe that the gospel can change the entire world. And because of that, we will not stop meeting together. We cannot stop meeting together. What if God is using this crisis to prepare the American church to face persecution? What if we're gonna have to not just use products like Zoom, which are free and, and capitalist? What if, what if we're gonna have to use underground methods? What if we're gonna have to hide our faith one day? What if when my children are adults, they're, they're a part of a church that cannot freely assemble because all religion has been outlawed throughout the globe? That's what the end times will be like. That's what the Bible tells us. Yet we look at this time as too difficult to remain connected. It, it might not be easy for you to use church online. It might be something you need to learn and grow in. But are you willing to challenge yourself to do something that's a little uncomfortable? Stephen knelt down. Stephen knelt down and took stones for our Savior. Can you do a FaceTime call? Can you take the time to connect with a stranger online, have a loving conversation, to message somebody you haven't seen in a while, to join a home group, to, to find a way to get connected. Will you pay that small cost that this crisis is calling for so that you can remain the church? Easter services are this week. It's everyone's favorite service, except for maybe Christmas Eve, that where they can get together and see people they haven't seen forever. What if? What if we have that because we are still the church? Where you tell everyone, you know, you can't miss Easter service. It's Easter Sunday. Have your Easter baskets in your lap and join us online next week. The Easter Bunny's gonna have a Zoom call after service and today I wanna have a Zoom call after this service. I wanna hang out. I wanna be the church. I wanna remain connected. So here's, here's your application. Here's your next step. FE Church is looking for some deacons who will step up and serve the church online. Greet people, message people. How you doing? God loves you. 
Isn't it great we're still the church? Share your faith online. Go to the FE Church Hangout. Do a, do a Bible study Zoom call this week. Watch again on Wednesday for, for Wednesday Night Live. Still be the church. Don't let this season stop you from celebrating your Savior. Following service, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in the, the FV lobby. I wanna connect with you. I wanna talk to you. I wanna, wanna hear what you're gonna be doing creatively to, to reach people in this season. I wanna challenge you. Don't miss this moment. Heavenly Father, when your church wouldn't reach the world around them, you use the sacrifice of one man, one of the heroes of the faith, to spread your word throughout the entire globe. Our church needs to spread online to the entire globe. As there's people joining us from all over the area, people from all over the country, and this will reach people all over the world, cause us to spread. Crisis costs us something. It changes us and it challenges us. So let us live changed. Not, not out of fear, but out of faith. Because that's what disciples do best. Father, we love you. We live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.